Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. I'm coming to you on location from New York City. The latest market statistics from New York indicate a market that has peaked about a year ago and is now firmly in a downturn. We've gone through several years of high demand and short supply. Developers have responded with the introduction of new product aimed largely at the upper end of the market. Most of the focus in New York has surrounded the recent Amazon and Google announcements. Amazon plans to add 25,000 jobs to a new site in Queens, and Google plans to add 12,000 new jobs in Manhattan. When you consider that each high-paying job in the economy has a cascading effect of adding another two and a half jobs in the service industry, that's a significant amount of potential growth. But we all know that New York is one of the least affordable markets in the country. If we put these two major announcements on the side and look at what's actually happening on the ground, it's a different story. We're seeing definite signs of developers having misread the market demand. There's been a ton of new construction in recent years in New York, and many of those units are priced 30 to 50% above the average sales price in the area. They're having a difficult time selling. If you're an average tech worker in New York earning $120,000 a year, you can probably afford a property just about the $850,000 price point. That's well below the median purchase price anywhere in Manhattan. Most of the new units in the downtown have a cost per square foot of a whopping $2,800. The dynamics within Manhattan have also changed. Traditionally, the east side along the East River and with a midtown address has long been considered the most desirable part of the city. Unless, of course, you're facing directly on Central Park. The downtown areas were typically lower income ethnic neighborhoods. Areas like Little Italy have actually shrunk in size. Today, downtown neighborhoods like Greenwich and Chelsea are the trendiest areas and are attracting the highest dollar per square foot in all of Manhattan. The abundance of hipster restaurants and bars and the proximity to NYU have made these the hottest areas for people moving into the city. The west side was traditionally considered more industrial and supported the seaports along the Hudson River. These areas took decades to revitalize. Thousands of new units have hit the market in recent years with the Hudson Yards project and the redevelopment of some of the old warehouse sites into gleaming new high-rise towers. In fact, some of them have been converted into loft apartments as well. But the Upper West Side near Columbia University was a traditional hotspot that today is seeing a lot of market softness. It's still an expensive area, but the inventory has gone up and prices are distinctly soft. Over the past decade, we've seen a lot of new development in areas like Harlem. I mean, I remember when I was a kid, Harlem was an area you simply did not go. And today, we're seeing new construction in excess of $800 a square foot in Harlem. You couldn't have imagined that if you go back to the 1970s and 1980s. Today, prices in Midtown have fallen about 16% compared with last year. And in Manhattan's hottest downtown market, the average sale price for a one-bedroom has been $1.2 million. Now, if you're in a co-op building, the price is lower at about $875,000. And new construction condos are averaging $1.6 million for a one-bedroom in that same area, again, at an average price of $2,800 a square foot. And frankly, I consider the idea of building new product that needs to sell at that price point a very risky proposition. It's banking on the continued influx of foreign money into the New York area. I totally get it. From a developer's perspective, the difference in construction cost for low-end versus high-end product is almost the same. It's a very, very small difference. The greatest revenue potential, of course, is at the top end of the market, so it makes sense to position your product at the top end of the market. It's a classic case of developers speculating that demand will continue without any slowdown. 
several of the brokers that I'm tracking in the New York area are reporting that luxury properties are having a hard time selling. While the median sale price is high, we've seen huge price reductions for properties that have sat on the market for 12 to 18 months. Some of the luxury properties reported by the Corcoran Group have seen prices fall as much as 30% or more. The tight grip on the outflow of capital from some Asian countries, notably China, has resulted in a drop in demand of about 10% in many of the luxury properties. There's no question the properties in the luxury segment are selling very slowly. A few factors are affecting demand in that segment. Number one, interest rates have gone up, and you might be surprised to know that even the ultra-wealthy choose to put a mortgage on a luxury property. And then the second is the property tax deduction change in the latest income tax reform has meant that the true cost of property taxes has gone way up. If you're paying six or seven figures to the city, the state, and property tax bills, your ability to deduct those costs has been capped. You're much less likely to want that property if you can't deduct the taxes. Even in mid-market, we've seen a 4.5% price decrease in the last year, and the inventory is up 23% compared with last year. Much of that increased inventory is in the new property segment. It's hard to look at a one-bedroom condo priced in the millions as a bargain, but relatively speaking, there may be some better pricing emerging in the market in the months to come. As you're thinking about that, have an awesome day. Go make some great things happen. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow.